You're listening to the Understarters Orders Racing Podcast. Expert racing analysis from both sides of the Irish Sea. So stay tuned for the best insights and opinions on the weekend's racing here on the Understarters Orders Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Understarters Orders Racing Podcast. No, your eyes don't deceive you. I'm not Chris Telford. And uh, this tonight, we're having a special ladies' night edition of the podcast. So give me great pleasure to introduce my panelists for this week. So first up, we've got Lauren Fahey, who is joining us, her first ever podcast. Hello, Lauren. Thanks for coming Hi, on. Guys. So yeah, thanks for having me. Really good to be here. Um, yeah, really excited. Good to chat all evening about racing. That's what we all want to do, surely. Exactly. You're definitely in good company today because we've also got Izzy Phillips joining us. Hi. Thanks for coming on, Izzy. Nice to see you. We've also Hi, got... Yeah. We've nice also to see got... you too. Good. Uh, we've also got Sam Martin on. She's just about joined us. Uh, Hello. Yeah, I have, and it's great to be here. You're going to need a personal assistant to keep up with your timetable, I'm sure. <laughs> so tonight we've actually got a really, a really exciting show coming up for you guys. We've got um, interviews with Maxine O'Sullivan and Lily Pynchon coming up shortly. Uh, we're also going to be looking back at the action on Monday at Warwick. Um, going to be taking a look at the Kingmaker Novices Chase. And we're also looking ahead to what looks set to be a really, really exciting weekend of racing with races from Ascot, Haydock, Wincanton, and of course, Newbury's rescheduled Betfair Super Saturday meeting, which is actually now probably Betfair Super Sunday. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. So we're going to look ahead to all of that. And to start off the show tonight, we're actually going to have a look at the Kingmaker Novices Chase, which was, of course, run a few days ago on Monday. Warwick had to reschedule their meeting from that was meant to be last Saturday. Of course, we had an awful lot of bad weather the following week. And so for National Hunt fans, it was a pretty long weekend, I'm sure, waiting for all of this flat racing to go away in the middle of the winter. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, the week got started well of course, with the reappearance of All Mankind, his first run following that grade one success at Sandown back in December. Lauren, what did you make of the performance? Did you think, you know, it was a good enough Arkle trial for him? Yeah, look, I thought he was fantastic. I've been an All Mankind fan for, for a while now. Um, seeing him in the triumph, I went specifically to the pre-parade ring just so I could get a look at him, which I think is something that we're really missing at the moment, actually, not being able to not just not being at the races, but not being able to go to the pre-parade ring, see them in the parade ring is really what I'm probably missing the most. Um, I actually think the lads preview last week, they got it bang on in saying that Sky Pirate's favourite for a handicap at the festival, whereas All Mankind's going for a grade one. And I think, you know, by putting the race to bed the way that he did, he proved that that's, that's the right way to go about it. Um, you know, he had question marks over whether he could give weight, albeit just three pounds, but uh, it also if he could genuinely throw his cap into the ring for being an actual Arkel contender. And I do think he did that. OK, he made a real mess of the second last um, this time, but 
I don't think you can ignore him for the Arkle. Um, having said that, you know, the, the two main rivals do probably have to underperform for me for him to win it. Um, but, you know, he's won twice at Warwick. That clearly suits his exuberant jumping style. But Cheltenham is more of a galloping track. Um, we know both in Ergamine and Shishkin stay two and a half miles. Um, but, you know, maybe to coin uh, the perhaps controversial phrase that Skelton came out with recently, you could say that they've all had a bit of a freebie going into the Arkle. Um, so, you know, we know Shishkin stays two and a half miles, but he's also got a battle in him. He obviously only just beat Abacadabras in the Supreme last year. And I think, you know, we've, well, we've only been on for five minutes, but I'm going to mention my favourite horse already um, in that Abacadabras was the only one who chased home Honeysuckle in the Irish champion hurdle. So he's a really good yardstick to put Shishkin against. And with festival form, Shishkin is probably just the one for me. Um, although, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all mankind did the business either. No, I think that's fair enough. Um, Sam, where do you think this performance stands in terms of an Arkle trial? Because you brought out a great article earlier in the week where you really took an in-depth look at each of the top three contenders for this Arkle. But like Lauren said, they've all had quite a similar prep in that they've not faced really Arkle quality horses. So what would you say, what was your take on the performance and do you think based on that, all mankind could go on to win an Arkle. Thank you for the compliment. And I suppose the good thing about the Cheltenham Festival is that you do get these horses that have kind of all kind of weaved their way to the meeting and they get to a point where they all race against each other. But none of them have really, in my opinion, gone against, like you say, Arkle class horses. Um, and I mean, if you look at the betting market currently, you've got three who span from odds on to eight to one and then the next one's like 22 to one or something ridiculous like that so like there's a big divide between prices and i think that just kind of gives away the kind of nature of the race because you do have these three horses that have all done their respective arkle trials to a um great effect like shishkin you could argue his wasn't particularly difficult he just had to jump around doncaster um same with um all Mankind at Warwick, I suppose. I was actually really pleased with his jumping. I thought he didn't really lose too much momentum with that one error um, because I just consider him a good jumper in general. He's obviously quite exuberant, but that ground was quite holding and um, he could never really be as pingy, I suppose, as he has been. Um, and then as uh, Nergamine is the only one that's coming off the back of a grade one victory, um, which he did so. He beat Franco de Poor, who came second that day. Um who's a contender in himself. He's on about 22 to one. So it's a very interesting race that um, was previously very simple because a lot of people just thought Shishkin because they kind of maybe ignored all mankind a little bit. Um, but it's been good to have him kind of included in the conversation along with the Nergamine, who's kind of, for me, kind of like kind of only become involved in the picture um, within the past few weeks since maybe Shishkin won Doncaster. That's when I first started hearing kind of the rumbles about Anergamine. So it's going to be a very exciting race and I'm really looking forward to it. No, that's fantastic. I think you're absolutely right there. You know, I think everybody thinks Shishkin was a shoo-in for the Arkle earlier in the season. Um, Izzy, what do you think 
of all mankind as a horse. Do you think maybe his temperament has, you know, put people off maybe? Because he is a bit of a, can be a bit of a wild card. You know, he's got one way of running, going off in front and just jumping for fun. I do reckon that not having the crowds at the races might help him this time around at Cheltenham because, of course, last year we did have crowds at the festival. And, you know, he wasn't, he didn't underperform because I think he finished third or fourth in a in a grade one. But do you think this could help him this time round, maybe? I think Izzy's on a bit of, del of a delay, so I think if you don't mind, I'm probably going to jump in and answer that for her, whether she'd say the same as me or not. Um, but I think, yes, he look, he loves to go off in front, and that is his exuberant style, but that's, that's his way, that's up to him, and that is the only way that he's going to win this race. Whether he does win it or not, he wouldn't be able to do it from coming from behind. And yes, you could say it may set up the race for the other two to pick him off at the end because they do stay further but no horse that can wing the railway fences at warwick like he can should be overlooked so you know perhaps the atmosphere well the fact that there are no crowds there might help him but you know he he was third in what was set to be a really good triumph and you know goshen would have won it by a country mile and possibly been one of the best triumph winners of certainly of my time so um yeah i know you really like him too sam and i'm definitely a fan whilst my money probably won't be on him this time um yeah i'd certainly love to see him run well and i wouldn't want any anyone to say anything bad about him i think the article is definitely very quickly shaping up to be probably the race well one of the races of the festival it's definitely gonna choose yeah. for me yeah really exciting i mean i think Cheltenham especially so this year is really just going to prove a very it's going to be a welcome break I think from from reality and I think I I reckon everyone's just going to enjoy it even more so than normal even if you are at home you know it's still going to be Cheltenham we may not be there but we'll be there in spirit definitely and speaking of Cheltenham we've actually got a very special guest about to join us a Cheltenham festival winning jockey I'm very happy to say that Maxine O'Sullivan is joining us now. Hi, Maxine. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Hi, girls. Hi, Maxine. Hiya. Hi. So we've got a few questions lined up for you, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, I just I want to know, like, riding a winner at the Cheltenham Festival, that just must have been some incredible feeling. I mean... None of us can relate, obviously, but um, what was that like? Like, just tell us about that day. Yeah, it was it was really unbelievable. Um, it's I feel like when you do it once, though, you just want to do it again, you know. Um, it was it's a bit of a shock. Like, I think that's why you kind of want definitely want to do it again, because uh, it was a shock on the day. And it's it's something that you don't expect is going to happen. It's it's so hard to get a Cheltenham winner, you know? And uh, yeah, it was it was a bit of a blur, really, to be honest. But um, yeah, incredible. Well, I mean, 66 to 1 was definitely a shock to most people, I think. Um, but 
I I was there that day and we stood at the near the second last me and my dad and I just remember just as soon as it came to pass hit the front I just thought this horse isn't going to stop he's not you know they're not going to come back to him and I think everyone just no matter how like big a price he was I think everybody was just caught up in that moment of getting to see you win that race for your dad as well who trained obviously um how is how is it came to pass this year is he like, is he well in himself yeah. at home he's really good yeah he's, he's different to last year we actually had a really bad run with him last year in the sense that um everything everything went wrong for us um he had a couple of bad runs and uh he got small little injuries little bits and pieces in his foot and got a bit sick for a while but this year we've had a really good run with him thank god um we had him in nace there last in january and we just didn't run him because the ground was so so heavy and and he really hates the the deep heavy so um we thought it might set him back with with what happened last year we just didn't want any setbacks um now we have him in Turles next thursday and um again ground won't be ideal we'll see we have him entered we'll see and we'll do what's best for him because the last thing we want is to set him. We're getting closer to Cheltenham and we don't want any setbacks um, before before the race. We'd be happy enough to go there without a run if if we have to. But um, we might go to Turles next Thursday. We'll see what the conditions are like. Yeah, of course, he must be such a special horse to you, to you all, really. Yeah, he's so special now. Um, the minute he, he he knows as well himself he's like the king of the yard you know he he know he has a presence about him so um he's he's pampered at home like um if 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 i was the boss i think we'd just retire him and put him outside in the field outside the house so we just look at him but um yeah he's he's going to go on again and he's in great form so hopefully he seemed to really enjoy cheltenham and um whatever happens whether he runs next week or goes straight there i think he's really really well and hopefully he, he enjoys Cheltenham so hopefully he can do it again. Oh that's brilliant thank you for the update on him. Um, now focus on you because of course you know Cheltenham Festival is not the only big success of your career of course you're champion around the point-to-point -point circuit and you wrote I noticed you rode um, the real deal earlier in the season and of course he went on to win a grade two but I was just wondering did you think that day that he could go on and win a grade two eventually? Um, I obvious, I felt that he was a very good horse, but having not ridden many grades one or two horses, I wasn't I wasn't sure. Like I, I wouldn't really, really know. But um yeah, I, I felt like he was such a good he, he has such a good cruising speed. Um he jumps really well and uh he did it really really easily and he felt like such a good horse like there was a lot more in the tank and a lot more gears like i felt like when i won on him that we were always only in third gear that he could go um on a lot more so he was really really nice to ride he was it was it was, it was like driving a ferrari or something he was he was a pleasure so um really really enjoyed him and was grateful grateful to get the spin on him twice so um look forward to him as well it's lovely to follow them like I'm very fond of him as well and I can't wait to see what he does again absolutely I mean we're a big fan of him here at the podcast um we've had yeah. a couple of times um 
but what about when did you first decide that you wanted to become a jockey like was that always something that you thought you'd want to do yeah all my life really I suppose growing up on the yard um at home we'd point pointers we were always very busy and um from very young it was like hunting and hunter trials and I went to pony club and stuff but it was always kind of I always had fast ponies and jumping ponies and um always I, I just always wanted to do it the minute I hit 16 I was point pointing and um wouldn't change just delighted um I'm sure my parents are sorry that I'm not having a better job or something but uh yeah I I love it and I, I wouldn't change I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, always what I wanted to do, and I'm just so glad that I'm able to do it. Um, do it now for a living, so it's great. No, it's fantastic. Um, what was your like first pony called that you can like really remember? Uh, Tony, Tony the pony was our first pony, and he was the same age as me, actually, twenty nine. And unfortunately, he passed away about a month ago, so it was very sad. And uh, my whole family, my younger brothers and my cousins, everyone started riding on him. And uh, he was only 12 hands, but he was a brilliant hunter. And uh, yeah, we unfortunately lost him last month. So it was with that end of an era. Oh, I'm very sorry about that. You, honestly, <laughs> those little ponies are legends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely. What would be your advice to anyone who would like either a career or in racing? You know, what do you think is probably the most important attribute if that's the kind of thing you'd want to go and do? I suppose um, hard working, just keeping your head down. And I think for girls as well, I think girls in race in racing or if they, they're trying to be jockeys, um, sometimes they're they seem to be late starters in the sense of not many you know 16 17 year old girls are champion like apprentice or conditional or amateur um i don't think it happens straight away for girls where whereas young boys can i don't know they seem they seem to take off they, they can take off a bit younger in their career i think um if if they it does come to girls really really well when it when it comes if if you know what I mean but um I think just hard working and keeping your head down and uh, sticking you know you know going to a good yard and um, th that you enjoy and that that you're getting on well in and just sticking there and um, building up a good relationship with with whoever you're working for and and your colleagues and uh, just good hard work I think um, is is key really you know to be honest. No, I completely agree with you there. Um, in terms of like developing your career, who would you say is would be someone that you really look up to? Who's inspired you? Um, well, when I was as I as I mentioned, we had a point to point yard at home, and uh, my dad was training. And when I was young, my uncle, my dad's brother, was riding all our point to pointers, and. Um, he he was always who I looked up to, probably because I I didn't know when I when we were younger, you know, there, there wasn't social media or whatever, um, so it was always my uncle William was riding the horses on Sunday, and I'd go to the races, and it was always him that I looked up to, a lot of my life really, um, until I got older and started riding myself and was able to to look elsewhere. But um, 
even now I still I still go to him for for advice and um his two sons are amateurs as well so so he's a great help to us and I, and I always did look up to him yeah no that's brilliant um you must be a really close family then yeah we are it's, it's great it has its ups and downs we fight a lot but um most of the time it's it's very good and uh it's it's nice to be working with with family yeah it's it's good the, the highs are are brilliant when you when you're sharing it with your family i suppose yeah and it makes the lows a bit easier too too i suppose you can bounce off each other a bit but um yeah it's great no completely and there's one thing that i've really wanted to ask ever since i saw a picture of that um fox hunters trophy from cheltenham where on earth do you keep that <laughs> <laughs> well it comes in a, a big huge box that looks like a coffin anyway and uh it, it wheels around but um actually we kept it right in our kitchen so anyone who walks in in the back door it's the first thing thing they saw um so that's that's where it was it's gone back now but um right in the middle of our kitchen so everyone had to bump into it yeah <laughs> that's where we had it I mean, that must definitely be a bit of a talking point whenever you had guests around. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we couldn't really enjoy it much this year or, um, you know, have parties or whatever with it. But um, uh, since Cheltenham, because we've been in lockdown since, so we've we've been unlucky that way. But we've we've had like loads of lovely, lovely things on social media and stuff and um, got loads of pictures of the cup and everything. And. So, so it's okay. We we we've enjoyed it. Even more motivation for it came to pass to win it again this year. Hopefully, definitely. Hopefully, one giant party afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me, girls. Real thank pleasure. You. Thank you. Nice. Thanks. To chat. Bye. <laughs> All right, all the best. Thanks, bye. Okay, so that was Maxine O'Sullivan, Cheltenham Festival winning jockey. Just thank you so much for coming on. That was really, really fun. Um, we've got an uh, interview with Lily Pynchon coming up as well shortly. But until she arrives, I'm thinking we can get started with the weekend preview because we've got a lot of races to get through. Um, you know, just just the eight that we're going to discuss today. Um, so first of all, I think if we have a look at the Reynolds Town novel chase um, that got on Saturday, that the one fifty, I think, yeah, the one fifty. Um, it's a great two race, run over three miles. These novices will be jumping 20 fences. One last year by Copperhead. Um, other notable winners of the race include Black Corton, O'Fallon's Boy, Carruthers, Alberta's Run. Now, only three favourites have won in the last 10 runnings. We've currently got Severano at the top of the market for Johnny Burke and Oliver Sherwood. We also the likes of Fullback, Hurricane Harvey and Remastered. So, Lauren, if we come to you first, who's your pick for this race? Um, well, in in a six-runner race where they do all have question marks, this is a really tough one for me. Um, some of the, obviously some of the main entrants originally coming out, uh, the likes of the big breakaway looks to be going straight to Cheltenham, where I imagine he's probably going to take up his place in the RSA or the Brown Advisory, whatever it's now called. Um, 
Although I don't really see anything in that being too much of a worry for Monkfish, although I'll leave him for Sam to touch on later. <laughs> but Sam is Monkfish's biggest fan. Um, for me, yes, yeah, look, Severano hasn't done three miles before. So at, I think he's five to two favourite. Um, that looks like a bit of a tough one for me to tip when we don't really know if he'll get the trip. Um, as both his wins this season and last have all been over two and a half miles or under. Um, however, fullback for the Moors has been running and winning over three miles um, and on soft. So, you know, if the ground does get testing, this that probably looks like a safer bet for me. Um, a couple of the others, actually one right down the bottom, De Machine at uh, 11 to one, I believe he is. He's the only one in the race to have actually won over course and distance um, a couple of starts ago on soft. So now that the big breakaway, if the cat fits those grade one place horses have come out, I think you can probably make a shout for any of these, to be honest. Um, but it's, it's a tough one for me to nail my colours for just one of them. As I said, it's, it's probably a no-bet race for me. Um, but... Yeah, I guess if you're going to pressure me, I might have to wait and see what the other girls are going to say and make my decision once uh, once they've convinced me either way. Fair enough. I um, completely agree with you there. I could not narrow it down. Um, yeah. Sam, as Lauren mentioned, you are a big fan of Fish Pond, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember. Anyway, um, obviously, it goes without saying, there's not really anything in here that's going to challenge that kind of horse at Cheltenham but if you had to pick who do you think would run well in this race on Saturday so yeah I absolutely love Monkfish he's awesome I've got one of his <laughs> shoes along there that's not his the next one along his um so which I'm very very grateful to have it's like my prized possession um I absolutely love him so but in this race I quite like the machine um he ran against Savannah Severano, I can never say his name, um, last time out finishing um, three lengths ahead, eight pounds split them in the handicap that day. But I think um, the machine can kind of confirm the form really, um, especially now it's three miles on testing ground. And I do think Severano is a little bit short in comparison to the machine. No, that's fair enough. And um... So you've got Monkfish's shoe there, and it's the other one, Mulcahy's Hill, by any chance? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Not the first time I've heard all about that. But, uh... No, I often tell you that, don't I? <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> Izzy, uh, glad to see we've got you back now. Yeah. Um, jump in. What do you like in the Reynolds Town this time round? Um, well, I like one that um, neither of the girls have really brought up yet, and I, I really fancy Remastered, and he's actually one of my picks um for the weekend it's for the informed pipe yard um he's got a hundred percent win record at the moment all all that uh one of them was in a two horse race so make of that what you will um but i think you know you've got an in informed horse um he's had a few winners over the past few weeks pipe and we know that remastered handles heavy ground um looking at hurricane harvey and the machine neither of them have raced on anything deeper than soft so if we do get a little bit of rain remastered might be one to keep an eye on i know he's a little bit further down in the betting so a little bit of a value pick there for me well we do like a value pick there is that <laughs> well no thanks guys um i think for me yeah i couldn't i couldn't really 
make a make a shout in this race. Um, if anything, I'd probably give a chance to Hurricane Harvey on the ground, um, which would be the concern for him. But I think, you know, he's proven in this class, um, proven over the trip. Um, he's, I mean, you know, he's done all right in soft ground. He's not done too badly. Um, and I just, I remember watching that race where he beat Emma Tom in the summer. And I think everyone that day just thought Emma Tom's going to win. He's going to win it easily. And then all of a sudden Hurricane Harvey shows up and everyone's like, oh, wow. And then, of course, he won the, the race at Doncaster a couple of weeks ago as well. So, um, yeah, I think this doesn't look the strongest race in the world. I think you could make a case for any of them, really. But again, each of them have got question marks. So, Lauren, I'm going to come back to you and tell you that you've got to have a selection now. I've done it. Um, so <laughs> Well, what? yeah, one thing I didn't actually mention about Hurricane Harvey, he hasn't been outside the places in all of his 10 races under rules. So um, that, and look, Connor Brace is booked. He scored off him both times. He's had the leg up. So if we're going to go for a trend like that, maybe I'll have to stick with, uh, yeah, I'll go for Hurricane Harvey. Okay. The Hurricane Harvey team for Fergal O'Brien, of course, and Connor Brace. Um, yeah, so that's the Reynolds Town. Of course, Ascot have got a great card this weekend, um, highlighted by the Ascot Chase, which we will come to in due time. Um, for the Reynolds Town, I mean, well, let's touch on the on the RSA or whatever it's called now. And <laughs> if any of these were to show up there, which one do you think would actually have a chance? Oh, actually, I'm going to have to interrupt us here because Lily Pynchon has just arrived. Um, so we will have a chat to her instead, as exciting as the RSA is. Um, we'll have to bring her in. I think um, Lily's probably saved us all there because surely we'd all be going for monkfish in the RSA anyway. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> bring her on in. <laughs> Lily, can you hear us all right? Oh, okay. We're just having a few technical problems. So, Lauren, you've dug yourself a hole there. Mm. Go back to the RSA. <laughs> yeah, what the, wins the brown, brown Advisory, I believe it is now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, uh, I just don't see anything getting past Monkfish, to be honest. I think latest exhibition is a, a brilliant horse in his own right. And look how many races he probably would have won already this season if he hadn't have kept bumping into Monkfish all the time. Um, the big breakaway, you look, yeah, he's well, he's well within his right to be in that race, but I just can't see him getting past Monkfish, to be honest. Um, I think he's probably one of the the strongest bets of the week, and that's not, you know, that's no surprise for anybody to hear that. I think he's gonna be in a lot of people's multiples, doubles, trebles, and whatever. Um, a bit of a banker, if you will. So, yeah, I don't think uh, I certainly wouldn't be worried about any of these in the Reynolds Town troubling him for sure. It looks like we might have Lily here now. Can you hear us all right? No. Okay. Um, Sam, I won't even ask you about the RSA. <laughs> because you know we all know <laughs> Izzy what what would you say would be your pick if like if any of these were if any of these horses that are running in the Reynolds town if they were to show up 
in that RSA, do any of them have any sort of a chance of getting in the top three? Um, honestly, I don't. I don't think so. If I'm being completely honest, I don't think this is the strongest renewal of the race that we've ever seen. Um, and because you have got such a dominant horse at the top of the market um, for what is just a red hot Willie Mullins team, um, I think that realistically, probably no. I don't. I, I just couldn't see any of them laying a glove on it. If I'm honest. No, that's fair enough. I think um, you're absolutely right. And I must say, one horse that I'd love to see show up in that brown advisory or whatever it is now is Sporting John. I want him in that race. <laughs> Give Monkfish a challenge. <laughs> Hello? Lily is, looks like me? she's back. Can you hear us now? All right, I think we are having a few technical difficulties. Um, I'm just, I can't hear you guys. Oh, this is the problem of living in the middle of nowhere. Hang on, it might, it might come back because it did it a minute ago. We've got um, our, we've got Chris working very hard behind the scenes to hopefully bring you that interview with Lily very shortly. Um, for now, do we want to try and move on to that Ascot Chase and have a quick maybe maybe start looking at it, and then if Lily is able to come back on, we will then uh, go and have a chat with her. Oh, hello, hello, we can hear you. Oh my god. <laughs> I've been having a nightmare with it. Oh, it's fine. Here. We've all, we, I think everyone's been having a bit of a nightmare with it tonight. It took a few goes for us to get on, but thank you for joining us. No problem at all. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, so, again, like with Maxine, I've got a few questions lined up. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, you're having an absolutely amazing season, aren't you? I mean, you must just be living the dream having gone having gone professional quite recently yeah no oh it's been fantastic i've had 14 winners um and you know the support i've had behind it has been massive as well graham mcfist and my boss um you know and everyone that's tom simmons and dave dennis everyone that's supported me has been you know brilliant i i was very um skeptical of turning conditional um as I just, I you just don't know whether as a girl you're going to get the support, and um, no, I'm I'm just I'm glad I did it, um, and I'm glad my boss was just so supportive and said just do it, and I, yeah, look where I am now. I never thought I'd win 14 winners by January, let alone you know March, April. No, absolutely. Just I I think you've made the right decision. I mean, the results speak for themselves. What made you want to work in horse racing originally and, and to become a jockey? Like, do you come from a racing background? 
Um, no, no, not at all. My parents are, uh, my dad is a mechanic um, and my mum is, well, what they work, my mum works with the family business. Um, so, no, literally, they have nothing, nothing to do with racing at all. Um, my, my, um, yeah, no, nothing to do with racing. And uh, I, as a kid, I had lots of like ponies and pony racing and all that sort of stuff. And I was very lucky. I did a lot of show jumping and eventing. Never really had like, um, never had the best ponies, but, um, you know, had really like really good ponies. And I did lots of like, I was lucky to have those sort of things that got me into racing really. No, absolutely. Um, which, like, where did you start off really? Like, how did you initially like get into yards, get rides, how did that all work? So I went through all the pony club um, um, ranks and then I had a little pony that mum said, you're not doing pony racing, no chance. And then I managed to win a round and she let me pony racing at Cheltenham and then he won at Cheltenham. So I then, um, I then, I then got the bug for racing um, and then I had a point to pointer with Claire Hart um, she was absolutely fantastic. She really was a big, big part of my career. Um, and then I rode out for various different trainers when I was younger. Um, and then I worked for Fergal O'Brien um, and he was fantastic with me. He taught me everything that I know now um, to do with horses from just normal daycare to, you know, racing and so those sort of things. And then I uh, left Fergal O'Brien's three years ago now I moved to Graham McPherson's and that's just been the icing on the cake really. No it's absolutely fantastic that you're getting you've had all these opportunities too. Um, what are your goals for the rest of the season like what would be your dream outcome? Oh um, I would love to ride at the festival as a conditional. Um, I rode there as an amateur um, but I this year I'd, I'd love to have a ride um I'd, yeah i'd love to have a ride at the festival um or just to you know ride as many winners as i can and just be as, as as successful as i can and and try and build as many contacts you know that's sort of the biggest aim of my um of my year this year really absolutely contacts are really really important and any owners or trainers out there who are listening you know what to do you know who to book for your horses at Cheltenham, okay? Um, who has been your biggest inspiration? Like, which jockeys do you really look up to? Oh, Rachel Blackmore. Great answer. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I mean, what she's done, like, she, I mean, she didn't even, I think she lost her claim when she was, uh, I don't think, I think she was, she, yeah, she was a lot older when she lost her claim, maybe 26 or something. I might be wrong. Sorry if she's listening. Um, <laughs> but she lost her claim later on um, in her career. Like, and I just think that, you know, she, she's just so talented. She's brilliant on a horse. And I just think she's, she, she yeah, no, she's definitely someone to look up to. 100%. No, if I can nip in there, sorry. I think Rachel, hi, Lily, I'm Lauren. Um, Hello. Rachel's certainly my favourite jockey at the moment. I think you can, if you're going to be, if you're looking at a race and you see that Rachel's on one, you can almost guarantee that she's going to give you a good run for your money. 
And I'd just like to say to you and congratulate you and your run on um, Mr. Washington earlier on this week, because he was, you know, halfway down the back. He was you were having to scrub him along and really work hard the whole way. And to get him to get him through the line and to finish fourth, I think, was, you know, a really fantastic run. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to congratulate you for that, because I think if you're looking up to people like Rachel, um, and she has that kind of never say died, not giving up attitude. You certainly showed that on Mr. Washington. So yeah, well done from me. Thank you. No, he's been he's been a massive part of my career, that horse. And you need these horses to get you on the maps. And um no, he I mean he's fair play to him. He's 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 very tough. He's had a tough season. He's had, I think, oh what, five wins within three months. I mean, it's big, big task and um, you know, he's been a great horse to me. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's just, he keeps just giving his all, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. you can't ask for more than that. Um, if you, so going back to obviously your dream to ride at the Cheltenham Festival as a conditional, if you could ring up any trainer and say, can I have the ride on this horse? And they would instantly say yes. Which horse would you want to get that ride on? That's very, very difficult. Um very very difficult question um god i i i don't know i mean i've never really thought of that to be honest um i'm just always grateful for everything i get like to ride um god if there was one horse that i would want to sit on god frodon (laughs) i agree with you that horse (laughs) That horse is 100 legend. I mean, yeah. he is so cool. 100%. I mean, you know, you've just so, won me over. <laughs> there I mean, was, there was so, a right answer. He's so brave, isn't he? I mean, he's so gutsy, tries so hard. I mean, those sort of horses, when when you need someone to help you, when you need a horse to help you out, those are the sort of horses that, you know, dig deep for you. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of the public watching horses, those are always the ones that they like attach themselves to more, isn't it? Like you can't, there's nothing quite like watching a horse absolutely try their heart out. And I mean, as you say, it just must, it's, it's the best thing for a jockey too, like you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm afraid I'm such a, you know, such a people's horse. Um, I mean, a lot like ITV just catches the eye and I think everybody, I mean, it just shows everybody that probably doesn't 100% agree with racing. Um, It just shows them how good racing is and how great racing has become, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. Um, Do you have um, any rides this weekend that you think could go well? Um, yeah, I have one tomorrow, um, which I'm looking forward to, a horse called African Bell, um, and she runs at um, Kelso tomorrow. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but this weekend, I'm actually, I'm not riding him, but I'm looking forward to watching him run, is a horse called Exploiter for Graham McPherson. Um, and I think he's, I think he's a very progressive horse, and um, and he's running in, he's running in a grade, I think it's a grade two, at, um, Haydock and I just think that he I think that when I rode him at Doncaster and he finished fourth um, I think I just think he's progressing and growing up loads and I I do think he's an eye catcher No thank you for that one Um, we'll make sure to keep an eye out for that horse 
Um, Kelso, tomorrow, how are you getting there? Because that, that is a long journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, driving. No way. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been quite a busy week this week. I've been to, um, you know, I'm so grateful for all the rides I'm getting and it's been, re you know, really good. But um, no, I've, I've been up north quite a few times this week. So um, I'm sure Kelso won't be too bad. <laughs> Wow, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how you guys do it. I, in the last year, I've not driven any further than like, I don't know, maybe ten miles down the road. Really? <laughs> I I'm mean, so lucky. My dad is a mechanic because he um he's good with my car. Fair play to him. He fixes my car when it's broken. <laughs> my dad tried, uh, but <laughs> my like because it was sat on the driveway throughout lockdown the battery died and oh, then um yeah couldn't couldn't get it started again so uh, my dad tried his best <laughs> and he used to be a mechanic funnily enough but uh yeah had to make a had to make a phone call and he weren't too happy that i uh, went to someone else <laughs> but um yeah kelso how how far is that then like how how many miles do you, uh, like, how, no how do you reckon there tomorrow i don't know it's sorry someone's just trying to call me um it's about five hours from home so it's it is it's a right trek um but it's you know it's it's um it is worth it i suppose when you're going up to ride something that you're you fancy um it's it's definitely worth it and this this horse has won our last three starts so you know, it sort of motivates you a little bit more to get up there, if that makes any sense. No, that's great that you've got that motivation. Um, obviously, very, very hardworking and it's paying off clearly this season. So thank you so much for joining us today, Lily. Really appreciate it. No problem at all. Thank you very much um, for allowing me to come into your conversation. I appreciate that. No, we've loved it. Thank you. And best of luck tomorrow as well. We'll be keeping thank an eye out much. for that. Take care. All right. And you. Take thank care. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was the brilliant Lily Pinchin. So now we've got our interviews done. I think it's about time that we uh, crack on and look through this uh, marathon weekend of racing. Um, so let's get started on the Ascot chase. Um, of course, it's this weekend's grade one, over two and a half miles, 56,950 pounds to the winner. Um, only five runners select, but a talented field this year, including two former winners, in Riders on the Storm and Surname. Um, this race has been won by some real old favourites down the years, including Hugh Card, my personal favourite, Sylvaniaco Conti, uh, <laughs> Monet's Garden, and of course, the great Corto Star. Um, I thought, as I was looking through this race, I noticed there we've got three course and distance specialists, which might be worth keeping an eye on. So Surname has won three from four over this course and distance. Dashiell Drasher is two from two over course and distance three from three at ascot and riders on the storm is two from two over course and distance the seven of the last 10 favorites have won and all 10 of the last winners have been from the top three in the betting i know someone who is on normally who will appreciate a little bit of stats so there you go um they will come to you we'll change things up a bit let's change up the order izzy we'll come to you first what do you like in the ascot chase um I actually did uh, a preview for um, HR Stats blog on this race. So I've looked into it quite a bit. And since I've done that, the field has cut up because when I was looking um, 
Kalashnikov and Lost in Translation were all still in there as well. So it has cut up quite a bit. Um, I, in that blog, I came down on the side of surname. Um, I'm just looking up for the fact that um, he's got that excellent record at Ascot. Uh, he's clearly been targeted for this race. So he had no dual entries. The Denman wasn't even a consideration for them. And um, although he did pull up last time, which was a concern, there was no real reason for it. I do feel like he's the type of horse to bounce back. And Paul Nichols is very good at getting horses back on song. We know that. Um, I think that Riders on the Storm last year's winner, the defending champion, I think he's got a bit of an uphill climb. I'm a... I'm a massive Tristan Davis fan, um, <laughs> as you girls know, but I think that unfortunately I looked into it and a couple of stats showed that there'd been only four dual winners of this race and only one horse, only Riverside Theatre actually ever won it in back-to-back -back seasons. So I think it's just looking at the current form of Riders on the Storm and the fact that he's having quite a lacklustre season, I just think he's got quite an uphill climb. Um, I'd love him to come out and do a bold showing, but I, I just think not today. Um, surname, like I said, that's the side I come down on, but a six to four favouritism, to be honest, he's more one to watch. Um, I can I haven't actually re-looked at the betting, but I'm sure it's probably even shorter now. Um, so I was looking at some of those Ascot specialists. So I looked at Dashiell Drescher and I watched that race back last time. Um, where he beat Benny's King. And Benny's King for the Skeletons was running on, absolutely, in my opinion. Like it seemed to be really coming. And although Dashiell Drasher made all the run in and that was a fantastic victory in its own right, I do just think that for the red hot Skeleton team, um, Benny's King could be a real bit of value in this race. And I think he's one not to be ignored here. Now I'll have to have a look at that article as well. I is surname running in cheek pieces or have I just made that up? No, you're absolutely correct. Yes. They announced today, yeah, Nichols said that he wanted to get him in him to sharpen him up. Um, they just felt that he'd got a little bit lazy. And I think that's the thing again with um, whereas you look at that race last year um, in comparison to his 2019 victory, he definitely did just look really unenthusiastic. And Cobden sort of said the same thing that at the start that he didn't even feel like he wanted to race. So I think that taking that into account and the, the more aggressive tactics, surname does look the pick because they are really gunning for this, this race. Um, but who wants to bet that at that really short price? Like if you want to, um, I think that there are other horses that could have a chance for a, a, a decent price. Lauren, what about you? Are you a surname fan? Um, I don't like to say that I'm not a fan of any horse in particular, but I just can't. He's just one of those that I can't come round to loving. Um, I, to be honest, I do think he was and probably still is overrated, if I'm honest. Um, you know, his hiking rating up to 176, having beaten, waiting patiently, okay, 17 lengths in this two years ago, um, just just seems huge for me. Okay, he then went on to be Altior, who was in his prime at the time, but he was dropping back over trip and we all can see that it clearly didn't suit him. Um, you know, while I understand Connections wanted to go to King George, to the King George at the time, um, he's he's had two fairly feeble attempts at that now surname. Um, so he's clearly not a King George horse, but look, this is his favourite trip. There's no there's no two ways about it. Um, however, he 
like Izzy kind of said, he sort of spits his dummy out sometimes if he doesn't always get his own way. And okay, Nichols and Cobden have said that he's going to be ridden much more prominently this time, which look, it could well make him tough to pass. He is virtually a stone better off in those ratings. Um, and that should really speak volumes, but you, you just can't guarantee it. And he's just one that I can't back, unfortunately. Um, Master Tommy Tucker, on the other hand, Jacob seems absolutely thrilled to be on him this weekend and really fancies his chances if Surname does underperform again. But there's no denying he's probably a bit of a difficult ride. Um, he looks as though he kind of needs help over every fence. Um, and yes, he made a really bad mistake at the last at Kempton. However, he was the eventual 12 length winner. Um, although you do feel as though his jumping probably would have been tested a bit more that time because Imperial Aura, who's normally foot perfect, unseated early on. So, you know, potentially he wasn't tested in the way that we thought he might be. Um, one thing to say about Master Tommy Tucker, though, is that aside from a seventh at Cheltenham um, in, I think it was December, and a second to Al Dancer at Newton Abbott, when he does stay on his feet, he wins. So um, he, if I'm gonna, if I've said already said I can't back surname, and I've got to pick one to go against him, um, although he's not for the faint-hearted, I'm I'm probably gonna come down on the side of Master Tommy Tucker. And I mean, surname's probably gonna absolutely hack up and make me look really silly, but um, I'm I'm willing to go against him this time. So I'm gonna stick with the Tommy Tucker. No, I think that's a fair shout, actually. I mean, my heart is still racing from the last time, that, from that last fence jump, the last day. Yeah. Um, but you're right. And I think small fields really suit him as well. Yeah, he definitely, you know, he wants to go off and be prominent. He, okay, surname might test his jumping and may well take him on. But I think that that's just his start. A bit like all mankind, you know, that's just his way. He's not going to win it coming from the back. So um okay if, he, if he's 10 lengths clear coming up to the last we still won't be celebrating because he's got to get over it but um yeah he's worth a chance for me absolutely sam finally we'll come to you what's your choice for this race i'm going with surname um i think it's just kind of a fact of life i suppose that you can't trust surname and um he obviously beat Altior in that really highly anticipated clash um that to be quite blunt, bottomed both of them really. Um, he, it was just a strange kind of. Obviously, it was a clash that we all anticipate, like really, really wanted to happen, and then maybe it didn't have the best effect on either of the horses. Um, this season, I was really impressed with surname and Charlie Hall Chase. Um, the form of that hasn't worked out especially brilliantly, but he won it, and he showed that um, left-handed doesn't matter, which obviously doesn't really isn't really a problem this time with. Ascot being right-handed um, but I just think he has the class of the field um, maybe his mark is slightly exaggerated but I do really really like him um, cheap pieces is going to really help him out for me I think it's quite interesting that Ram Benny's king because I think we maybe would consider him as a handicapper um, not necessarily kind of a grade one horse and this is a big race and he's maybe not suited to it but it's only five runners which means they pick up a really nice pot if he gets round if he beats any horse home so it's a very clever bit of placing he does like ascot and he did finish very well to dash or drasher last time out um who 
like you said, has a really, really good record around Ascot. Um, he dictated from the front that day. I think he'll probably be... Um, I'm hoping they run surname quite prominently because I think that's the way he likes to go. Um, but I think it's going to, be, going to be between Master Tommy Tucker and surname. And Master Tommy Tucker, he's hand-holding ride. The jockey has to keep him... Like, keep reassuring him, I think. it's You've got to keep kind of the bit up in his mouth. You've got to keep him interested every single second going into those fences because he will just kind of... I think I don't know if it's as though he panics, but he just obviously puts in those really bad errors and you can't take any chances. And it's very... Daryl Jacob is an amazing jockey. I think he's brilliant. But just the fact of... Um, just how he is a very difficult ride. And if you don't know him, there is the possibility of him making errors that can land him on the deck and I think it's interesting that um that Harry has actually picked surname because obviously he threw his toys out the pram last time he hated it he really didn't like it really didn't fancy it so to then um he's been quite bullish about him really to be so kind of forward about saying I'm with surname this kind of thing but we can't be forgetting Riders on the Storm because regardless of whether surname fell Last year, I genuinely believe Riders on Storm would have won anyway. And at 18 to 1, if he's found any any type of form back from like last season when he was very good, he's not been as good this year. But um, yeah, he 18 to 1 just seems ridiculous, in my opinion. I think that's probably a fair point about Riders on the Storm. You know, surname was already beaten when he fell last year, so that he wasn't gonna, he obviously wasn't going to win it anyway. Um, but Riders on the Storm would need to reverse the form 26 lengths with Master Tommy Tucker from, from last time out of Kempton. I just think that's just probably a bit too much for him on this on this occasion. I suppose just with Master Tommy Tucker and his jumping, if yeah. um, that is something that probably shouldn't stick in my mind as he has been a hell of a lot better all year. Yeah. Um, but it's just something that bugs me about this horse. Um, I think he's really, um, he's really good. But yeah, he's just... It's going to be a very interesting race to watch. It'll be a, different, a cool tactical affair. And um, yeah, like many of the races on the card, it's very competitive. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the word of the weekend is competitive. Um, we'll move on now to the Rendlesham hurdle. There are grade twos wherever you look this weekend. Um, so this, of course, is a three mile race over hurdles at Haydock. Field of eight go to post at the moment. Of course, we don't know whether any might be withdrawn between now and then. Um, you've got the defending stayers hurdle champion, Liz Nagar Oscar, in there. Itchy feet reverts back to hurdles after his, uh, his questionable chasing runs. Um, obviously, he's a great one winner, but he hasn't done too well this season so far. Um, I've noticed favourites have a bad record in this race. Only one of the last 10 favourites has actually won. Um, and a fun fact, Grand National winner Neptune Collange won this in 2006. So, uh, Izzy, all yours. Go ahead. What do you fancy in this race? Um, well, I'm leaning towards two, really, in this, and I haven't actually managed to pick them apart yet. Um, I quite like Emmeton. Um, it is last year's winner. Um, Warren Grey Tracks is um, very, very confident and has gone on record as saying that he thinks the horse has got his mojo back. Um, obviously, he was fourth in that stairs hurdle to Liz Nagar Oscar, but um, he has had wind up and he is back over hurdle. So I'm wondering whether if you look at some of his more recent form at chasing, Obviously, you would maybe have some more concerns, but I think that 
actually looking at where they're directing him now, I think he's got a really, really good chance in this. And the other one that catches my eye, just like a personal favourite, um, I I really like On the Blind Side. And I've been waiting to see him um, since that since he was entered for that Cleve hurdle that then got moved, that then got cancelled again, and that whole debacle. Um, so I think that... Um, yeah, I, I quite like on the blind side. I just think that he is one of those horses, quite a fighter. Um, and he was second to the fantastic McFabulous last time. Um, and that, so I think that, yeah, I, I they're the two that I quite like in this. Um, I think that really they're going to be the ones that feature the most for me. Liz Nagar Oscar, obviously you have to, you have to look at Liz Nagar Oscar. Um, obviously missed the long walk after he got an overreach injury um, and he's had his wind, wind touched up as well um, already for the cleave hurdle and then that was all abandoned. So you feel like his comeback run from the wind off is kind of delayed and maybe this isn't ideal in terms of when this is falling um, for the stayers. But Equally, I think obviously he's got to be a danger, especially if you're going to want to see a strong showing in the stayers at Cheltenham in a month's time. No, absolutely. Good run through of the race there. Thank you, Izzy. Um, Lauren, who's your pick in the Rendlesham? Um, it seems weird to me that Itchy Feet and Emma Tom are coming back from chasing this season as neither of them have, you know, they haven't been out of the placings. I don't think that we can really say that they've had a bad run. Um, on the blind side seems like the the natural pick to me as he's been running well over hurdles all season. He's normally raced handily, which I think is probably quite likely, which is quite necessary probably on uh, on Haydock's ground. Um, won by a neck at market raising last time against Lil Rockefeller, who's obviously been a great servant of the game. But I would just also really like to mention um, main fact. He just loves it heavy. Uh, it can't rain enough. So that means that Haydock should should surely suit. Um, he's won over course and distance, second to last time out, took a rise up in the weights going into the long walk where, okay, he did nothing. But the Fergus Deal on the board again, um, I think that will help. So he could be really well placed for this. He likes to be held up for a late charge though. So what I've just said about perhaps needing to be handy does go against him. But as we know, he likes it soft or heavy. So um yeah, I think he's probably going to be my slightly outside selection. Although 15 to 2, it's not too bad, is it? No, it's not bad at all. And we know that Haydock is very heavy. Wow. Um, so it should suit him down to a T. Um, Sam, what about you? We'll come to you last of all. So um, I've kind of got it between two horses itchy feet and emma tom particularly because the jockey bookings have really interested me in this race gavin sheehan is obviously retained to the itchy feet owners yet he rides emma tom emma tom has been ridden by adrian heskin and he rides um itchy feet so i've done a bit of a swap um and that just quite interesting for me i think obviously gavin could have ridden emma tom if he wanted to Adrian, I suppose, could have um, ridden Emma Tom as well because he hasn't ridden him before. Um, it's so that just kind of interested me. Um, Emma Tom's a sweetheart. I've met him. <laughs> he was with a chicken at Lambourne Open Day. It was very bizarre, but honestly, it was so cute. I'll have to tweet picture. Um, Emma Tom, yeah, he's so smart in his day, and I'm going to give him another chance. Yeah, that's fair enough. And make sure you tag the understarters orders 
podcast in that picture when you post it, please. Okay, um, moving on. Of course, we've got the William Hill Grand National Trial as well at Haydock. Um, over three and a half miles, we've got nine runners. Um, a lot of old favourites in this race. You've got the likes of Ramsey Zatai, Perfect Candidate Runs, which I'm absolutely delighted to see. I love that horse. Um, the Two Amigos and Potter's Legend as well. Um, Izzy, what is your choice for this race? Um, funny you mentioned Perfect Candidate. I, I've got it between two. Again, I'm fine. I've, there's been a few on the card. I found it hard to split, but Perfect Candidate for me. Um, he's a course and distance winner last time out. Um, he was a uh, second at Haydock again um, in December um, 2019. So he, he quite clearly likes this course. Um, Paddy Brennan booked to ride, always a massive positive in my book. Um, so he's one that I think could go really, really well here, especially for the informed Fergal O'Brien team. And uh, not a chance as well. I can't help but um, lean towards this horse he's having a fantastic season and um, he's won at Bangor uh, and again at Warwick over three mile five so you can see that the distance here is not going to be any problem for him and he handles the ground so they're the two for me and it's interesting you say about Paddy Brennan as well because obviously the stable have got Hurricane Harvey running in the Reynolds town so it's interesting that he's come here for the ride on perfect candidate I think yeah well, I think so I think it speaks volumes yeah definitely anyway um lauren you next <laughs> go ahead um so not a chance i think has does have a chance in this one actually um he obviously also has an entry in the swinley chase at ascot but surely looks more likely to go for this with a lot more prize money being a grade three um he was giving five pounds to I'm going to say Achille because he's French and I speak French and that is the way that I believe he would be pronounced. But I think Achille, Achille, whatever we want to call let's stick with the grey. Um, he was giving him £5 over this trip when he beat him last time on soft at Warwick, but it's up £7 for that. So that actually probably makes me favour Achille, Achille each way. Um, we all know Venetia's love it soft and heavy. It was his first run of the season actually at Warwick, so he should come on for that. He's three pounds better off against Not a Chance this time, um, only being half a length down in the finish. I think that difference could, you know, that could make all the difference there. Um, it's won three of his last six and has been second twice. So while I'm not really an each way girl myself, um, I think at, is he at not? I think he was at nines when I last looked. Um, I think he'd probably give you a good run for your money. So I'm going to go with him each way. It's interesting you should say that because I'm not sure if you can see this, but I've also <laughs> gone for a steal each way. Right. <laughs> Everyone loves a grey. If that's not the reason to back him, then what else do we need? <laughs> well, you're preaching to the choir. Um, <laughs> Sam, what about you? What do you like in this grand national trial? I keep I completely agree, but I was gonna call him Achille, but you know <laughs> that's, that's why I right. do very well in my French GCSE. Um, but yeah, I mean it's gonna be helpful selecting a grey in this race because they're all gonna be covered in mud by the end of it. So at least you can have a little bit more chance of identifying him. Um so yeah, I completely agree with him. The only horse that is actually gonna go head to the Grand National um is Lord de Neal, who has he was currently number 41. He'd carry 10 stone six in the big race, um, which was the weights were obviously announced earlier in the week, which I've poured over um, 
So it'll be interesting to see how Lord Mayneal runs with eyes on Aintree. I'm surprised there's any ink left in any of your pens, Sam, the amount of writing you've been doing with all those weights. Honestly, I get through so many. I'm <laughs> genuinely not even joking that. It's insane. Have you done any schoolwork while you've been at home? I have, but fortunately this week's school holidays. So oh. I've had plenty of time to look at Grand National Weights, write about the article and do this. <laughs> well, holiday well spent as far as I'm concerned. I've not had one, which I'm very <laughs> sad about, but oh, Bless you. carry on. <laughs> um, we're going to move over to Wincanton now. They've got um, the Kingwell Hurdle on Saturday. Uh, that is at uh, 18 minutes past three. Um, you know, although it's more likely to at least be Lost 20 times. past three, isn't it? Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is just short of two miles. It's been won by some real favourites in the past. Yamworth, Raven Black, um, Melodic Rendezvous, Zarkanda. Now, this is actually, this Saturday was a bit of a good day for Zarkanda. Like, because he won the Rendlesham as well one year. Like, a few years after he won the Kingwell Hurdle. Um Song for Someone won this last year when it was run at Kempton. And of course, that kind of kick-started this magnificent run of wins that he's been having, especially this year. Um, he reopposes this year with younger challengers. Goshen is back. Will we see him back to his very best? Who knows? And Navajo Pass as well reopposes, who of course beat uh, Bovadere last time out when winning the champion hurdle trial. Izzy, what do you make of this race and who do you think will win? Um, I think it's a really, I think it's actually quite a difficult race because you've got the heartbreak. Like every time I hear um, Goshen, my heart actually breaks. And I feel like I relived that Cheltenham moment over and over again. And I'm sure um, there are many punters that will agree with me on that. Um, if not even just for those clips of McCoy putting his arm around um, Jamie Moore. It was just absolutely gutting. And I think since then, we've all wanted him to come back. Um, and it just hasn't happened. And I I don't think it's going to happen at Wincanton either. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, obviously, the last time he was out at the International Hurdle, he was dead last and he hung badly right. Um, Gary Moore did say that he felt that he wasn't suited by the fact that they omitted the last few hurdles. Um, and obviously, Song for Someone won that um, quite impressively. Um, so, yeah, I think that I've got it down to Song for Someone in Navajo Pass. You've got to look at Navajo Pass. I mean, I know it was a three-horse race, but to beat Bouvadere, who we know is a fantastic horse, and the stayer and the old trier, Bally Andy as well, who was lumped with, I think, like top weight that day. Um in the new one hurdle um, at Haydock, I think between those two, it's it's going to be a bit of a hard fought battle because I think that Navajo Pass is going to give Song for Someone a bit of a run for his money. Um, my my heart tells me I'd love to see Goshen come back, but I just can't see it. No, I think you're spot on there. I think Goshen's going to be one of those horses that one day he will win something and all of us will have just completely forgotten about him. He will be like a big prize winner of something one day, I like think. Yes. He is the next York Hill. You heard it here first. Um, I think I agree with you. I think Song for Someone would be my pick purely based on that um, run where he beat Silver Streak just before Christmas. And of course we know Silver Streak then went on to Kempton and won a grade one. 
and beat the current reigning champion hurdle winner. So I think song for someone for me ahead of um, hopefully a, a bold run for his connections in the champion hurdle because wouldn't that be brilliant to see? Um, Lauren, what no. do you think? <laughs> no, we all know who we want to win the champion hurdle, Neve. So I don't. All think right. <laughs> all right, honey suckle fan. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, so I'm with you girls. I think that Song for Someone seems like the obvious pick here. Um, obviously, Silver Streak has franked the form, beating the Mighty Epiton on Boxing Day. Um, the thing about Navajo Pass for me is, while I don't, I agree with you, Izzy, that you can't ignore anybody who's beaten um, Bouva Dare. But I think it seemed like a classic case of a three-horse race where he was just allowed to go off in front and the two in behind were so worried about beating each other that they kind of just rode to, you know, it, they kind of made it into a match rather than riding to the circumstances of the race. Um, it's not strong enough form for me, so I'd probably leave him alone. Um, and I'm with you, Izzy, and I'm sure most of the rest of the country that we'd all love to see Goshen come back um, to to prove that he obviously would have won the triumph in the way that it looked like he was going to if it wasn't for that shock incident. But um, he's you just have to leave him alone. And like you say, he probably will turn up one day. He's definitely still got a win in him somewhere, but he won't have any of our money in his pocket, I'm sure. Um, yeah, song for someone for me, I think. Song for someone for money, money value, Goshen for sentimental value, surely. Yeah. Um, Sam, what about you? Who do you like for this? I'm with Navajo Pass, actually. Um, purely on the ground, to be honest. I don't think last time out was a fluke by him. Like when he beat Bouvardaire. Um, Obviously, he was given a very, very, very good ride um, to beat that horse. But he's always been a very classy individual. Um, and I just think with Wincanton looking like it's going to turn up heavy... I just think that's going to tailor to Navajo Pass in comparison to Song for Someone, um, whose best form is on soft or good to soft, whereas Navajo Pass won on um, Haydock heavy ground last time, and that's the heaviest it gets. So um, I think any type of ground that happens for, that I think any kind of ground is going to suit Navajo Pass. So I'm with him. I do agree that it's probably going to, you know, end up being. The, the heavier side of soft but you know and you definitely need to be confident that you're if you're having a bet in this race you need to be confident that your selection either goes on heavy or stays further and song for someone does still say stay slightly further so that's kind of another another tick in his box for me I guess 100% I think they had a meeting at Wincanton a couple of weeks ago and I remember watching it because we had a couple of runners that day and the ground just looked just it looked like a bog um to be honest but hopefully you know again hopefully that won't hinder the chances of song for someone uh, but we have had quite a bit of rain between then and, and now but um yeah we'll uh we'll move on um, to sunday and of course we've had an absolute like a real treat um, oh, we've had a tweet in from Andy who says, Song for Someone is the best male two-mile hurdler around. He will come from Cleve Hill and run the mares close next month. So there you go. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> had, to get you, had to get you in the podcast somewhere. Um, anyway, obviously last weekend we lost a lot of meetings because of the weather um, and Newbury was one of those 
and very fortunately that's been rescheduled for Sunday because it I love this meeting it's really really top class and you know I went um, a few years ago when it was rescheduled to Ascot we were meant to go to Newbury and then I think it was the ground um, and they ha ended up having to move it um, but it always it always draws like the really top class horses like when you think of the last three years or so three or four years you've had Native River and Altior as two main attractions for the event and of course I think no better horse or well one of the very best horses to show up on the day was the horse that this next race is named after of course I'm talking about Denman or you know it's been a long day when you spell Denman as Dean Man um, <laughs> the Dean Man Chase that's what we're going to have a look at now. Um, of course, I should mention that the races for Sunday, we've actually not got the actual declarations out yet. So these are just still um, early entries. But we've got the likes of Klandes Oboe, Lost in Translation, Kalashnikov in this Dem and Chase. Um, so we'll change the order up again. Sam, we'll come to you now. Who do you like for this race? I'm with Clanders Oboe here. He's a bit of a short pious at five to six. Um, he underperformed in the King George, I think, in a lot of people's opinion, even though he ended up third. I don't think the race was um, ran to suit as such. Um, but it was at, when you think about it, third in the King George is a very good run. Um, so I fancy him to run well in this. Obviously, it's not going to give many clues to the Gold Cup if he does win, um, because he won't go. He's not going to go to Cheltenham. Um, but I'm quite interested in Lost in Translation with an eye to the Gold Cup. Um, for me, the Gold Cup's quite straightforward with album photo, but Lost in Translation gave him a good um, challenge in the race after a wind-up um, last year. He's coming here after a wind-up this time with a prep race um, for the Gold Cup. So it'll be, hopefully we can see him put in a positive show because... Um, Obviously, he's not really been his normal, brilliant self this year. Um, so I'm going to be watching those pair with interest. But I'll have to see the declarations. But I don't think there's that much um, value in the race as such. That's fair enough. You and me are going to have to have a talk about this King about this um, Gold Cup. Because I think we have... No, I won't say it. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't say it. I won't say it, Neve. I know you love him. I'm sorry. You I can't, can't say it. <laughs> no, because, like, no. We'll fall you... out. <laughs> I'm joking. We could never fall out. We could um, never fall out. Yeah. The King George is an interesting race because I think it was run to suit only two horses in that race and they finished first and second. So, you know, I'll give you that there. Um, <laughs> as much as it pains me to say. Um, <laughs> I think... Because I'd love to see the conditional go for this. And I know he's not grade one class. I accept that. But I do need to give him a mention every time he runs. Because as much as I love Frodon, he is like my favourite horse in training. The conditional is quickly like not, he's not going to challenge Frodon in terms of like my favourite. But <laughs> quickly becoming a firm favourite of mine. And every time he runs, I have to give him a mention because he always runs his race. He is so consistent. I, even in these really competitive handicaps, I just I have to give him a mention every time because he keeps turning up. So, yeah, there's my mention. If he turns up, the conditional is my each way selection, although I do think Klander Zobo will win. Um, yeah, there we go. Izzy. He ran his race, didn't he, when he hated the ground at um, Warwick that day when we were there. 
Yes, exactly. Sorry. And then he went and Sorry, won it. Sorry, I put it in there. Exactly. He, went, he won it, Cheltenham. So, yeah, that I've got to give him a mention. Izzy, what do you like for the Denman chase? I think this is a really interesting race because I don't know about you girls, but when I looked at it, you're looking at quite a few horses that are on some sort of comeback mission. Um, there's a lot, there's so many question marks all over the show of will they like the ground, will they like the distance, are they the horse they once were? Um, and I think that that is one of the biggest things. Um, one interesting runner to me is Kalashnikov. Now, this could be too far for it. Um, but if you look at its last run in the Peterborough Chase, it did um, it did kind of come back to the kind of Kalashnikov that we all know and love. And I think that that was quite encouraging. So Kalashnikov's one I'd like to see a bold showing from. Um, and just, uh, I, I mean, I don't actually, um, I don't think I'm ready yet to pin myself to any of these. But I was looking at Fiddler on the Roof. And I know that... Um, Tizard's form is obviously still a concern at the moment um, and he's having obviously quite a difficult season and so was, so is Fiddler on the Roof because um, he seemed to find one too good a few times out. Um, but when I had a look at the last time he got his head in front at Exeter, I just went through and saw who he actually beat on that day. Um, in second place was Silver Hallmark, who was the next time out winner. And in third was Sporting John, who went on and dominated uh, a couple of weeks back now. So Fiddler on the Roof, could he be another native river type to buck the Tizard trend? I don't know, but just some interesting um, information on his form. He's, he's capable, um, but it's whether he's, her, whether he's really on form at the moment. And if he does go to that race, he will come in under the radar. Yeah. That's the big thing. Um, Lauren, finally, we'll come to you. What do you like in this race? Um, I think while he never looks like the winner in the King George this time, um, Plan does oboe for me seems like the obvious pick. As Izzy said, you know, there's a lot of others that are on a bit of a, a comeback mission. I guess you could kind of say that he is too, but... I think that and a good second to Bristol DeMai on his favourite track are, are good enough pieces of form to make him a worthy favourite. Um, there is another one that I do have a real soft spot for, and even though he's never been further than two and a half miles, I just can't ignore him. Um, simply the bets. I don't actually know if he'll turn up for this, to be honest, because he's he's a two and a half miler, really. Um, not really sure why he's, being, he's potentially being stepped up to three miles here, but... He's been good to me for the last couple of years and I like to stick with ones who wants to move before. So uh, look, he jumps well. He's beaten some really good rivals in Happy Diva and Imperial Aura. Um, and although he was out with the washing last time in November, only seven of, I think it was 16, actually completed that race. So for an old friend, I'm willing to put a line through that one and potentially look at him. But, you know, whether he turns up or not is, is, a, is still a question mark. Maybe with him and Itchy Feet, that might be a nice each way double for um, for Kate and Andrew Brooks over the weekend. But um, yes, probably realistically, it's going to be planned for me. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, the next race we're going to talk about has proved to be quite a talking <laughs> point all week. Um, very mixed opinions on this, but of course, it's the return. Finally, we see the return of Champ. The RSA winner of when it was the RSA all, all the way back in March. Um, 
He comes back in the get Betfair game spirit chase. Obviously, the big news was that Altior originally was going to go here, but then, of course, pushed back a week. So they've decided to go straight to Cheltenham with Altior. And instead, Champ has been redirected from the Denman chase to the game spirit chase with the with the kind of assumption that two miles would this close to Cheltenham would suit him better than running over three miles just to hopefully not take too much out of him. But can a horse who was looking outpaced in an RSA and literally got up on the line after three miles, can he realistically beat a horse who was second in a Tingle Creek? Can he? Um, No, I don't think so. (laughs) For me, I'm actually going to go with So Royale. He's one of those horses, I think he just keeps coming in under the radar. Um, And he's so consistent. I mean, you've got to love him. He's a nine-year-old now, but he's one of those horses that feels like he's been around forever. Um, So I think so royale for me, just in terms of reliability. Um, Sam, what do you like for this race? I agree with you. It's just a very bizarre decision um, (laughs) for Champ to come back. I think Nikki was kind of getting desperate for a chance to run in before the... um, the Champion Gold Cup, this is going to put his jump into the test. And for me, that's his biggest kind of flaw. You just have that unknown with his jumping. He has been schooling and um, it's uh, apparently he's better. Um, but I think it's quite useful, actually, that there's no horse in this race that's going to set a ridiculous pace. Um, because if you'd had something like, say, Nube Negra was in it, or Politolog or First Flow, because we saw those pair make, a, like, they went helpful they went so quick um in the other day um so i just think it's um it's helpful to champ that they probably won't go as fast as normal top level grade two grade one grade two pace um i'm with fanny and destraval against him because i don't think champ's class is going to do enough um for to like actually beat these other horses. I think Fanny Destreval's got a race in him um, like this. He was fourth behind Plislog and First Flow um, last time out, and he actually ran really, really well that day. So he's going to be my selection. Oh, thank you for your selection. We're waiting anxiously to see Declan's comment, of course, podcast regular. Surely <laughs> Champ burns these off or out. What price is he to stand off stone Saturday? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, probably a pretty strong price. Although to be fair, considering there have been no races for champ, they're being pretty no. brave going over two miles, aren't they? We'll have to give them that. <laughs> Izzy, what do you make of the game spirit? Do you do you have any idea of who might win? Um, I'm with Declan. I think that champ burns these out. I think I think that I think that um He's returning from a wind up as well. So whereas it might have looked like he was struggling before, that might have changed. Um, we don't know. I mean, he could get completely outpaced. That's that's the obvious big question. But like um, we've said, who is really going to make the pace here? Um, who's going to go on and set that fiery um, sort of speed? I just don't think that there is anyone that seems like they're going to go off and really make it a challenge. And I think... Um, the jockeys will want to 
knowing that they've got um, champ in their ranks, I think that they'd be silly not to. Um, but I, I just don't see it. I think that champ will be kept up just with the pace. And I just think that it'll have the class to to get them in the end. I just, that's that's where I'm sitting. Um, you've got Greenatine in here, um, who was second to Politolog at Sandown, although made very little impression um, and was fourth in the Grand Daniel at Cheltenham. He's probably the other pick of the pack. Um, Fanny Destraval was, um, did also have an entry in the Ascot chase and has been taken out. Um, I do think Fanny Destraval was a bit worried in the Ascot chase, um, but I think actually when you look at this, if you look at his previous runs, he's always run against some really top class contenders and has sort of featured there or thereabouts with them. Um, so I just wonder whether this field, with it being a little bit um, depleted and Champ being not on his idle distance, it could be sort of one chance for him to actually feature centre stage for once. No, I think you might be right. I mean, that race at Ascot that Fanny and Destraval ran in, that was a very, very oddly run race. I mean, you know, they just, the ones from the back just never really got into it. So to get as close as he did, I mean, albeit, you know, first flow, one by, um, I think there's, I agree with you, there is a big one where, um, it'd be lovely for Venetia Williams and the team to have another Saturday winner. Um, I think it's interesting saying about the pace angle because look, obviously these aren't the final entries, but Paul Nichols has got three entered. He's got Magic Saint, he's got Dolos, and he's got Grianatine. Now, surely maybe one of them could take them along. Like, would you think that could be a possible pace angle? Possibly. Magic Saint's in there, isn't he? Um, with Brian Carver on board, he could be the one to take them along. Yeah, I agree with you, Izzy, because I think they would, they need something to take them along if you've got Champ in the field. Like, you can't just give him a, you know, you can't give him a free kick. Um, what do you think of this race? Do you think Champ might have a say in the race, or are you? siding with these regular two milers um i think yeah he's obviously the talking point in this race and maybe a bit like surname in the fact that i i'm probably gonna go against champ as well they'll probably both prove me wrong but i personally i just have to lay in um i could watch last year's rsa a thousand times i still can't believe he gets up um the fact that i was on manella indo probably doesn't help that but <laughs> Camp again just isn't one he's probably just not one for me unfortunately um, I think he does have mistakes in him and he's just one to take on. That said, um, I'm I'm not really super strong on any of the others. I know obviously there's got to be a winner. Um, Grenatine seems to go on any ground and this is definitely his trip. So where we've got question marks of champ, will he, won't he? At least we do know that about Grenatine. Um, fourth in the Grand Annual, a win in a grade two in November and second in the Tingle Creek seems good enough to me. So, yeah, while I don't really have a super strong opinion on him, um, I do think he'll get the better of the field and he's probably my selection here. But I'm ready for Champ and Surname to both throw egg on my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I think um, I think you might be right here. I mean, with a horse like Champ, they've said for so long, like, 
he's a gold cup horse mm. but they've also said he's got a lot of class and you can't help but think surely they wouldn't even have bothered entering him if they didn't think yeah, you know, they know more about him than we do. They'll be seeing yeah. something in him at home. So that's why you can't you can't really he's difficult to ignore. And like I say, I'm fully prepared for him to come out and prove me wrong. But um yeah, I can't put my money on him at the moment. No, I think you're right there. Um the last race we're going to talk about this weekend is the cavalry charge, the bet fair <laughs> hurdle. One of the big betting races of the season, as they always say when it comes on. Um, there's a lot of horses here. I spent a lot of time going through this race. And I mean, of course, it doesn't help. We've not got final declarations out yet, but we will make do. Um, yeah, I think the one that stood out for me, because initially I was looking at Shake Em Up Harry based off of that Tollworth second last time out. But my only worry is I don't think he's quick enough. Um, so instead I'm going with Guard Your Dreams. I know we've got a few uh, Twisting Davies fans in the house. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you guys. <laughs> so I think, I think he, he's a novice still. But when you look at their record with novices in this race, it is phenomenal. I mean, they have, I think Bally Andy won it a few years ago. They had Al Dancer too. And I think this horse could be another one of them. Um, look at the race that he won last time. Okay, he beat um, Friend or Foe, who runs in the Kingwell Hurdle on Saturday. That in itself tells me a lot. He also had behind him Mon Monsieur Lecoq, the Pinken Highway 102. He won't mind the ground. He's got a nice lightweight um i should also mention that the lads on the podcast regularly are all on soaring glory and sam i'm going to move on to you because i think you've got a similar pick to them i do yes i just think soaring glory could be really well handicapped he beat brave man's game on the um on his one of his first hurdle starts and then after that um he's not actually disgraced himself do start beat him and then he fell and then he was third to my Drogo. Um, and I just think he's got a really good chance for the John Joe O'Neill pairing who are obviously um, doing so well at the minute. Um, the other horse I really like who, who is 20 to one currently is for pleasure. Um, he interests me after his crazy win at Cheltenham in the grade two where he made the running a ridiculously large margin clear and it was kind of oh will he will he go back to them all um but he didn't he won by three and three quarter lengths which is really impressive he hasn't gone up that far in the handicap and what interests me about this horse is he's in the supreme and he's in the champion hurdle so for me that's very eye-catching um alex hales is brilliant um with their horses they often get horses that can pick up a good string of wins. They had Hyconic at the start of the season in juvenile hurdles. So um, it's a yard I like to follow and I'm hoping for pleasure and Soaring Glory can both run well. Yeah, I think um, on for pleasure, Sam, a friend of mine has got a really big each way bet on him to place in the Supreme. Um, so good. I, <laughs> I didn't mention him. I think he's got him at 33s or something like that. Um, Obviously, you know, he's won at Cheltenham and beaten third time lucky, fourth in a very good champion bumper is, is always really good form to follow. So, yeah, I think he's he's well worth his mention. Um, 
my my one my pick for this is probably Buzz. Um, he stayed on. Uh, you've just seen my dad buzzing, and he's all over him. So I wouldn't. Be, I probably wouldn't be allowed to to go home if I didn't mention Buzz. Um, <laughs> he stayed on so well to finish just behind front running not so sleepy the monkey that he is at Ascot last time. Um, he's top weight for a reason. I do think he's probably the best in this. Um, he was only a neck off second place Ballyandy in the Welsh champion hurdle back in October. And with Kevin Brogan claiming five pounds, that's huge in a big handicap like this. Um, and, you know, as we said earlier, everyone likes a grey. So what more reason do you need? And if you can get him at 12s, I think that's a really good price. Well, that's fair enough. Um, and I hope for both you and your dad that Buzz can uh, can run his race. Um, we love to see family input here. It's great to see them all. <laughs> um, yeah, I think interesting point there with Buzz um, and Kevin Brogan. He's a good jockey as well. So, you know, definitely a, a good uh, a good guy to have in your corner. Um, Izzy, we'll come to you now. Take us through. What could possibly win this? Because, um, you know, it's a really tough race, I think. I have I mean, I've looked at a few of them. I'm still sort of mindful of the fact that there are still so many in here. Um, and there's quite a few that I'm, I'm not sure will actually go. But um, you kind of beat me to it with Guard Your Dreams. Um, he obviously beat Friend of Foe last time. So... Um, I haven't had a bet in this yet and I'd be interested to see how friend or foe actually runs in the King world to kind of boost or frank that form. Um, and Sam is obviously already booked, which is a major positive. Um, I did have a little look at Kazan for the Skeltons. So I'm back on my Skelton um, vibe this evening. Um, so he's won his last two starts at two mile as well at Kempton and Warwick. So that's just um, a little interesting one for me. Um, what's interesting is I've been looking at um, the jockey bookings. So Nico Boyneville is actually on Mr. Coffee. Mm. Um, and you, I mean, you, do you wonder whether did he have the choice to ride Buzz or was that a decision that's made to take some weight off Buzz's back? Um, but that's just something that's interesting. How good is Mr. Coffee if the stable, Henderson stable jockey has gone for gone for him instead? Um, I mean, I've looked at bars and he acts on heavy, so I think I'm with you there. On like, if we get if we get that heavy ground, I think that's going to be something that he'll enjoy. And he's never been out of the placings, so he's definitely definitely looks like a good bet there. Um, but just I'm just keeping an eye on Mr. Coffee. I think just for that jockey back in. I think that's very interesting you say that about Yeah, I think I that's very would... at tens, you know, you can make a case for him for sure. He's only got 12, ten stone twelve on his back. Um and but he you know, he was he wasn't I think it was nine lengths behind Benson, who was in turn then five lengths shy of us after that. Um so and but rated a stone below um because of the jockeying obviously Buzz is still five pounds better off but yeah I think he's definitely one to watch and definitely one we should make a case for I think the thing with Mr Coffee as well is he always approaches me as the kind of horse he's got a huge engine I mean I saw him I was there at Newbury when he won I think it was like a it was a maiden hurdle it was a novice hurdle or something and he won really really visually impressively 
But the horse he had behind him that day was, I think he had Shake Him Up Harry behind him. Um, so again, he's a horse of huge ability. He's just one of these. Often he can just over race a little bit and just get a bit too keen. So I think possibly in that sense, a big field handicap might suit him because they'll go quick enough for him. Um, but no, it's definitely, definitely worth keeping an eye out. I mean, you've got to love the Betfair hurdle because you do properly get like graded level horses running in here before before you even know they're graded level, you know? Um, <laughs> no, it's one of my it's one of my favorite races of the year. Um, next to finish up, we're gonna to come to each of you for your best bet for the weekend. Um, so Lauren, we'll start with you. Which horses elsewhere or on races we covered, which ones have really stood out for you? Yeah, I think I'm actually going to, I've had a look at lots of the other races um, and been over to Navan as well. But I think I'm probably going to stick with the ones that um, we've looked at this evening. I think Song for Someone for me in the Kingwell probably seems rock solid. Um, Clan de Zobo in the Denman Chase. And then, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna throw in my um, Achille in each way in the Grand National Trial. And that might be really boring to go for two favourites and an each way. But um, like I said earlier, there's lots that ordinarily I probably wouldn't be backing. So, um, yeah, I think I'm probably going to go for those three. Well, you know, it's best bets, isn't it? So they've got to win. <laughs> you know, they've got to come in. But um, no, I agree with you. I think um, I'm probably going to go with a shield this weekend. The other one I wanted to keep an eye on was um, tomorrow, actually, at Kelso. Um, my internet is being very slow all of a sudden. Um, yeah, in the... 10 to 3 at Kelso tomorrow, the Edinburgh Gin Chase. Good old vintage clouds runs um, for Ryan Mania and Sue Smith. Um, look, this is a horse who's been there, done that. He won the Peter Marsh last season so impressively. He's not really shown the same amount of form since, but he's dropped down enough in the handicap that this is a lower grade. And of course, the great Trevor Hemmings, we'd love for him to have a, a nice winner, another nice winner. Um, of course, we've got Cloth Capu, we've got a great chance in the Grand National, um, but that's for, that's to talk about another day. Um, yeah, I think Vintage Clouds, down in class, I think that he, um, for me, priced currently around 11 to two, you can get seven to one in places. Um, he'd probably be one that I'd want to maybe keep an eye on, not necessarily the best bet for the weekend, but I do think it would be interesting to see how he goes tomorrow after um, after a break. Um, Sam, you've clearly done your homework. <laughs> what is your best bet for the weekend? Um, so I'm going with two of them. I'm going away from the ones we talked about. So for my nap, um, it's Galley Hill in the 115 at Ascot. This horse was bought for a lot of money. Um, and he made a decent start to his hurdle career. He was very tough to win. Um, I'm hoping he's going to win this because Nikki's Nikki Henderson's mentioned about going to the Ballymore, which I think would be good. And I'm I think he's connections. Um, we'll hope they have a Ballymore horse after how much they paid for him. Um, so he's quite exciting. My kind of next best is Clander Zobo, um, obviously on Sunday. And then my value could be Kepage in the three o'clock Ascot. I think he's got a nice weight. He's a horse I'm convinced is a very good horse. I've tipped him for the per temps because um, he managed to qualify when finishing sixth last time at Warwick. 
and he's about 14 to 1 so hopefully he can go well yeah let's hope so um <laughs> lauren your dad is you know all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know who his best bet of the weekend is. I'd say so. <laughs> Not subtle at all. Um, Izzy, we'll come to you last of all. What is your best bet for the weekend? Um, so I've got I've got a couple. So I've got uh, remastered in the Reynolds Town, the 150 at Ascot. I still just think that for pipe, I think that that's going to be um a good one to get your money on i think he's uh kind of just outside the top few in the market so could get some good value for your money there um <laughs> i am going surname in the big one in the betfair ascot chase so i think that i just think that this is going to be the comeback run that we all want to see um from surname and then my final bet is on the blind side um, in the 205 at Re the Rendlesham at Haydock. So they're my top three for the weekend. You know what I really like is we've all chosen different races. So hopefully one of us can go across have the card. <laughs> <laughs> I like your optimism. And also we've covered basically everywhere across the across the UK like you know we've got races from Kelso we've got like best bets from Wincanton like you know we uh we definitely um we cover everything here on Understarters Orders um so we've got some big dates coming up um for the podcast so we've got Cheltenham preview nights coming up on the 2nd of March and the 4th of March of course, you won't want to miss them, uh, purely because everyone loves Cheltenham. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, we've already spoken about what, the Arkle, the RSA, the Gold Cup, <laughs> and it's still four weeks away. Uh, so yeah, make sure you get those dates in your diary. They will be live from 8 p.m. on both the 2nd and the 4th of March. So make sure that you don't miss that because will bring you some absolutely brilliant selections hopefully throughout the week um, and make sure you follow us on twitter as well at uso podcast um for all the latest updates of course on on all of the podcasts and uh they do some good tweets as well during the week so there's definitely some good content to keep an eye on um so yeah that's it from us for this week thank you so much everyone for coming on this was really good fun yeah, yeah thank, thank you for having us. us. I you. hope you guys have enjoyed. I mean, Lauren and Izzy, your first podcast. You've you've done it. Well We've done. We've made it. We've made it. We're okay. Yeah, it was first a marathon. Rodeo, it went well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's the biggest challenge you will face is of course technical difficulties, but we got there. <laughs> the internet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much as well to the guys for letting us borrow their podcast for the week um you can have it back next week uh <laughs> yeah or you can tweet in if you just want us to take over full time let yeah. either way yeah let's make let's this know. <laughs> you know i'm hoping we're gonna get paid well for this I mean, Chris, <laughs> come on they've Pay already up. invited us back so you know that's it now <laughs> We can have six p each. The director says six p. <laughs> oh, Which horse are we putting that on then? <laughs>
Okay, well, thank you so much, everyone. And thank you to everyone for, for watching. Uh, we hope you join the podcast next week. And of course, don't forget those Cheltenham dates. So yeah, well, until next time, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Head on over to our handle at USO Podcast and click the notification bell to never miss an episode.